Aaron Gordon's been everywhere. Team USA visiting Jokic in Serbia. We take a moment to appreciate the man the DMVR calls Mr. Nugget. Plus, we'll get some schedule reactions from Adam Mares. And who might regress this season for the Nuggets in the starting five? We'll get to that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. We're recording this on Sunday night. Glad to have you with us on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Freddie's already in here saying zero regression. No regression this year for the Nuggets. Uh Appreciate you guys making being an everyday or enjoying us daily. And appreciate if, if you do join us on YouTube where you can catch the live show, uh, you should make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure to turn on notifications on YouTube and you can join the show and be folks in there hanging out with us in the chat segment as we do record throughout the week, including five days a week during Nugget season. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On, make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares, he's director of content for DNVR. Adam, how was your weekend? My weekend was great, relaxing. I just lit a candle. <laughs> how was yours, Matt? Getting into the fall spirit. Uh, mine was great. I caught a band called The National at Mission Ballroom this weekend. They were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mission Ballroom is, it's, you know, Red Rocks is always going to be number one for me just because that was a, the place I saw my first ever rock show was Red Rocks. Um, really? Yeah. I uh, flew out and saw my brother and uh, not going to say the band because I'm embarrassed, but I love that. I have a lot of those too, where it's like, what was your first conference? Ah, uh, um, but Mission Ballroom is awesome. I really love it there. I had a great dinner down there as well. Uh, so I had a really good weekend. Enjoyed that. And I put together an Ikea uh, dresser all day today for my oldest. And so I have a lot of rage just drawn up in me that I will try and, and turn, instead turn into positive stuff. Uh, as today, we are going to talk about a number of things. We'll get to some regression candidates, and they're going to involve uh, some mainstays in the Nuggets starters. We'll talk about that. I had a whole segment with Josh Lloyd on Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and the conversation was interesting enough that I want to get, kind of get Adam's thoughts on it as well. Uh, we'll talk about some of the early schedule notes that we've got going out there. Some of the Nuggets games are out there. I want to get Adam's thoughts on that, but we start today with the consummate Nugget, Aaron Gordon. I didn't want to just say Mr. Nugget because that's the DMVR thing. but It's not a DMVR thing, man. That's everybody's thing. It's everybody's thing is – is, is Aaron Gordon is Mr. Kyle Speller says it in the in the arena. Come That's on, true. man. He does. He does. I want to give you make sure that you that you were given proper credit. Um, and I just want to create the things. I don't. It doesn't matter who who came up with it. Um. So Aaron has been popping up in social media posts pretty regularly. Uh, first, he went out and visited Team USA as they prepare for in their friendlies, uh, getting ready for FIBA World Cup action. Uh, had a quality win versus Spain today. So you saw him uh, meeting with the players and stuff like that. And then shows up in Serbia, hanging out with Yoke, uh, goes to see him again. I, I think it's just great that you got this guy in Aaron Gordon who is extremely laid back. Like he is the most laid back 
it's funny to me because like that's one of the things I think is most interesting about Aaron is that in the locker room of the guys that I've interacted with, Aaron is at once the most chill and laid back and kind of like quiet. He'll talk, but he's just like he's soft spoken. And yet he's also like definitely having a good time, very laid back, like yeah, and very much out there doing all the fun stuff. It's really great to see uh all all of the love for Aaron Gordon on social media for him and and you know the relationship with Jokic and just the whole Aaron Gordon vibe. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he seems like an inquisitive guy, you know. So is it surprising that uh, first of all, man, it's not easy to get to Sambor. Like that you have to commit to going there. You know, first flying into Serbia alone is is its own thing, you know. He was out in Spain, looks like he's making a whole trip of it, but to go specifically out to Sambor to connect with Jokic like that is just so cool, man. It's honestly the coolest thing. Gary Harris did it a handful of years ago. I don't know if any other nugget has gone to Sambor. I'd be very curious to know. Nobody else has published, you know, publicized it, but for him to go out and not just go out, but attend a race together uh, at, at, at the uh, Hippodromes is so cool, man. I just, um, I, I think it's the second coolest thing Aaron Gordon has done in the Mr. Nugget era behind shirtlessly partying in the streets of Denver with, with fans. I don't know if you'll ever top that. That might be the single coolest thing, but going out to Sambor is a big deal. I'm trying to imagine. I've been wondering about the conversation that was had. Like, did AG just text and is like, like, hey, man, what's up? Would it be okay? You know, like, I'm coming through? Or, like, how does that happen? Because Yoke is so protective? Is that, yeah. is, that, is that the right word, I think, of, of Sambor and his life there? And so, but, I mean, it's entirely different when it's AG and a teammate versus, you know, anyone else on the planet. Um, I just got, I'm always kind of curious about, like, what, like, I wonder what that was like to be for, was it just, like, Hey man, I'm coming through. And, and Yoke was like, great, man. Got a place for you at the house. Like, was it very chill and normal or was it? You know what? This is a great question. Where did Aaron Gordon stay? Because having been to Sambor, there's not a ton of accommodation. It's not like you have your pick. There's the, the four seasons over here and the Marriott over there. No, it's like not like that at all. So I have to assume that he stayed at, uh, at the Jokic family compound. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And let me, it's cool for us to talk about because I just like people that are curious to go and explore random places. So like Sambor is so off the beaten track. It's just, it's cool for us to imagine these guys as friends and doing that kind of stuff, but they have been teammates for several years. You know, of course, Aaron Gordon went out last year and watched him play in Prague, which is one thing. Prague's not that great off the beaten track, right? Like right. That's, you can get there, but this year to go to Sambor, what do you think it means You've been around the league long enough to know if you could step back and just from the coolness of it, does it mean anything that Aaron Gordon did this? I think so. I think there are a lot of teammate relationships that are very much working relationships and that's okay too. Um, I think it's important to have a few connections that are deeper. To be perfectly honest with you, what kind of, because it's this is just a recency thing, I watch all of the hall of fame speeches this morning because i was out last night at the concert and so tony parker and dirk both shouted out michael finley who is not in the hall of fame won't be in the hall of fame he was a candidate 
one year. He was a candidate in 2022, um, but he won't make it. Um, VP with the with the Mavericks right now, but he was a player that guys really loved, and he was like a leader, and he was like a, a real big presence. And I think it's important to have these kind of guys. I think it's important to have a mix of those guys, right? I, I think you can get in trouble if it's like everybody loves each other and it's so great. I think that that can be bad because I think you want a little bit of conflict and you want a little bit of of distance. And you know, in large part, I think um, not. <laughs> these are not popular people in NBA circles now for very understandable reasons but like malone and stockton quite honestly had a pretty like solid working relationship like they were friends because they played together a long long time but like stockton and malone were not like inseparable right i do think in in more than anything here here's my big takeaway is that i'm always thinking about what these impacts are going to be on the future and there are a lot of guys that i look at in the league coming in and i see them as variations of stars that they've been watching and i'm kind of like oh that's don't know if that's going to get you where you want to go and what i like about this is if you watch aaron gordon if you're a young guy in the league you should look at aaron gordon as a guy that eschewed becoming like a solo superstar branded you know putting up 25 on a 500 team and instead chose to be the glue guy, the third component on a championship team and a guy that also has always recognized Jokic's brilliance and importance and like has embraced him. I think this is kind of part of it too, is I don't know how easy it is for Yoke to like embrace others. He's funny and he's, would you describe Jokic as warm? So, you know, because I don't think we see him. I mean, everybody does. DeAndre Jordan was doing a podcast just the other day, and he's like, he's just so fun to be around. He's funny. He gets along with everybody. And you're kind of like, Yoke doesn't share that side. I mean, honestly, Jokic, I think. Used to. Used to. And I honestly think that it was after missing his first international competition when everybody kind of like really went after him in Serbia. I honestly think it's a line of demarcation. It was like 2018 or something. It was very early on. And I just think there was a line where it was after that Jokic has cultivated this public persona that is not that different than his actual persona. I'm sure in terms of, you know, Oh, we have to go to parade. I just want to go home or all those things. Like he's cultivated that shut down, been very short with media. doesn't really show personality a whole lot. So I think that honestly, Jokic as every year goes by shares less of who he actually is. So to me, I don't think he's warm in my experiences, but I do think that based on what everybody has said that he probably is to his teammates. Interesting. Um, I think AG is pretty much warm with everybody. And I think that that's one of those things. I think it's good to have those kind of personalities on the roster. Um, more than anything, I just think, I do think it's one of those where AG isn't, at least doesn't project this in the variations that we see of him, right? The public persona. He doesn't reflect himself as somebody who is scared of looking, not vulnerable, but like human. And I think that's really good because there is kind of this like popular thing with the NBA to act like too cool or whatever. And he's like, no, man, like I'm going to go to Serbia and go see Jokic. It'll be awesome. Like I'm going to, you know, like he's got so much enthusiasm, I think for life. And honestly, it's just really great to see somebody that's as happy as Aaron Gordon is. That to me is, is really important. Cause I've, I mentioned this before that uh, it's fascinating that AG has like, you know, he's, he's super laid back and he does all these type of things and it's all positive. He's also the guy that I see most upset in the locker room after a loss. 
Like he is the guy, if you ask me, who in the locker room takes losses hard? AG is the guy. A lot of people have said Jeff Green. AG is the guy that to me took losses the hardest. So um, I think it's an, it's just interesting to, to kind of see AG. And it is fascinating because, you know, AG was the trade, right? Like he was the guy that was acquired for Gary. And yet, you know, now AG seems so integral to like Nuggets culture and identity. Like he's forever going to be a Denver Nugget. And that's like an interesting way of how these things can play out in a very short amount of time. Um, on the other side, uh, I want to get to a little bit of conversation on the schedule. I want to get Adam's reaction to facing the, the Lakers on opening night. We'll talk about the rematch with the Miami Heat it, later in February. We'll talk about all that and more on the other side. First, I need to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Broncos' first preseason game yesterday, some mixed kind of reviews on it. Some folks said that after watching the film, they were more encouraged. Still time to get in some bets if you want to get in on their win total or uh, on their division chances as well. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. If I were going to take this bet, and I probably will. Uh, I would probably bet on the Bengals. That would be the team that I would bet because I think they're going to absolutely have like a massive regular season win total. Um, I, it sounds like Burrow is going to be good to go from day one. And you're looking at like 13 wins. So you get bonus bets for all of those wins in the regular season 13 times. And it's very likely that they'll at least be in the divisional round and have a be favored to go to the, the AFC championship game. So that would be the pick that I would go with for that one. You can also use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. Reminder, Adam will be back with you on Wednesday for the solo show. Uh, no friend of the sh- of the Friday, uh, friend of the show Friday this week because we're going to get the NBA full schedule release on Thursday. I will do a full show breaking down back-to-back schedule strength, what it looks like, where the home games are, all of that stuff because I like diving into that kind of weed stuff. And then we'll get... Adam and I will talk through whatever other things that we kind of find uh, on Sunday's show going in next week. So Adam, uh, speaking of, we've got the schedule coming out next week, but there are a couple of items that have come out early, including opening night will be predictably ring night. And I've decided to start calling it banner and ring night. Uh, some folks call it ring night. Some call it, call it banner night for the mm-hmm. Nuggets. I think it's, it's so important that it's both. It's like, rings for the players for this very special team and a banner finally going up in ball arena. I was talking to Vic Lombardi on front of the show Friday last week. And I was talking about how many times I've looked up in that, in those rafters at games and been like, I wonder what a, what, what a banner would look like up there. Like where would it go? So it's going to be very surreal for me to, to be in the building and get to see that I'm excited to be there on opening night this year. Um, You have to be, are you going to be at the bar? You should come, you should come for, for, for ring night. I'll. Pro- I mean, I some ways away, but I'll probably be there. You should. You should definitely be there to see the banner drop. Um, are you happy with the Lakers as a choice of opponent? Is that like? Does it, is that satisfactory to you? Does that feel right to you as the as the ring night opponent? I think it makes the most drama, which is at the end of the day, I think what you want. You know, you want the most in, in, interesting storyline. What I like about it, though, is the Christmas Day game a couple years back 
when it was announced that it was going to be Memphis versus the Warriors. I remember Draymond Green and John Morant tweeting back and forth like, we pulled it off, good work. Like, you know, we've created this rivalry and now we're on TV together. And it just, to me, felt so hollow. This like, oh God, guys, don't do not do the thing where you admit, you know, that you kind of, you let us see behind the curtain that this like trash talk is a little bit phony or whatever. This one to me is like, oh no, this is organic. The Nuggets just danced on the Lakers' grave, insulted arguably the best player of all time, or at least took shots at him. So I kind of like this idea of, to me, it's a real rivalry. I think the Lakers are going to be taking that game very serious. I think it's going to be an emotional game. And I think that it could set the tone. I mean, it's the first game of the year in the NBA. I feel like it could just set the tone for a good season and that it's two good teams that clearly have a little bit of um, animosity for each other. Yeah, I did comment on, on Twitter that it's a great it's a great matchup. Nuggets obviously looking for revenge um, after losing 0-4 in moral victories to the Lakers in, in the conference finals. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. We're in such can't-lose territory right now. Like, having the title, you know. Like, yeah, they win the game. It's great. They lose it. They'll win a moral victory. I mean, there's just – it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, you know what's weird about the, about the trash talk is that my understanding was that that LeBron and Michael Malone were on really good terms off of the season that that Mo was coached LeBron in Cleveland. And I mean, they they were. I mean, I've seen LeBron see Michael Malone in the halls at Ball Arena. Like, they were on good terms. And you're is it is this real? Do you think this is like? Do you think that that yeah. LeBron's really actually annoyed at this stuff? Oh, no question about it. Okay. No question about it. It's real. And by the way, Malone knows. Here's the thing about Mo. He does fire from the hip. He does feel emotion, this or that. But he kept going. Like, he knew what he was doing. I I honestly feel like Malone, the title, he's always been good because I think he just really does care about players and he keeps good relationships and he knows all this. He knows everybody in the NBA. He has good relationships. But I do feel like the title was a little bit of a, I don't need to suck up to anyone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and he always he was always very much like I can't say anything because I haven't accomplished it, right? Right. That's, yeah. that's the thing is like now he's accomplished it. Uh, have you? I I don't know if you noticed this. There was a report that came out um, that so Shams first reported the Christmas Day matchup, which is going to be Nuggets Warriors, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I read that Nuggets Warriors. I believe Barry Jackson out of Miami was the one that reported this. Um, that Nuggets Warriors is actually going to be the afternoon game. That's actually going to be like the the prime time. Their, really, their marquee matchup. Yeah. Wait, has this not been official yet? I've just it's seen not. the games, and the Nuggets Warriors is always last in the no. list. But you're right; it doesn't say times. It just has them last. That's right. There was a report. I forget where. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. But there was a report that I read that was talking about how. Uh, Nuggets Warriors will be actually, so, yeah. Here, here's my thought, and maybe we could use this to as a preview to what's coming, you know, coming up. My honest opinion is that a lot of people, the Nuggets haven't really been given this chance on that stage, and a lot of people watched them in the playoffs, Jokic and Murray in particular, but really the whole team, and said, wow, this team is fun. 
Then Michael Malone did his post-championship thing, and people go like, I kind of like this guy, or I kind of hate this guy, but they felt something, right? They have, I feel like a lot of people feel something about the Denver Nuggets, and I think it shocks even the NBA and even the media partners. So part of me, if that is true, Matt, that they move that one up, yes, it's the Warriors, let's not kid ourselves, Steph Curry's still a bigger draw than Jokic and, and the Nuggets, but you still have to have a a partner there that says, okay, this is a good marquee matchup. If they really are the prime time slot, I think this year might be a, a completely, a, a huge pivot from the NBA where they treat the Nuggets as one of the five most important teams from a draw standpoint. What I think is interesting for them is that I've made all the Spurs comparisons. They honestly, to me, feel like a marketable Spurs which like the Nuggets, I think, wanted to market the Spurs more. They didn't know how, and they really couldn't, given the way that the that the Spurs organization treats attention. To be honest, there's a lot of internal frustration with the league with the Nuggets on that front. Like for all of the conversation about Denver being like, no one pays attention to us. Like the response internally from a lot of the NBA folks is, yeah, because you make it impossible for us to get any sort of interview time with you whatsoever because you say no to everything. And so... I do think there's kind of like a middle ground coming there where I do think that people want to watch Jokic. I do think people want to watch Jamal Murray. I do think people want to watch great basketball and a great team like this. And so I do think that they're more of a draw than San Antonio was. And also just like, if the, if they're your champion, you got to put them in the spotlight. Like the Spurs were on a lot of national TV games, even though they were not a draw because it was like, we got to have the champs on all these marquee nights. But, I think it's going to be similar. Yeah. Whatever. But the NBA chases ratings, though, Matt. And I just think that the NBA misjudged how people would receive the Nuggets. The Nuggets did have to win something. Like, there is something there where people have to kind of accept them. And dominating the teams they played in the playoffs kind of proved, like, oh, this is a team capable of doing that. But I just think the style – and I just think people watched them and said, wow, this is really fun. It's refreshing. Fell in love with Yoke. And I'm just curious to see. So, Warriors, I love it. We only know two dates, opening night and Christmas. The Nuggets are in both of them, featured in what sounds like the best spots possible. I mean, first game of the year, primetime Christmas. I just would not be surprised. Uh, let me ask you this. Where will the Nuggets rank in national televised games this year? Ooh, good question. Um... Lakers are going to be ahead of them. Warriors will be ahead of them, I th just because that's just how that works. You'll Knicks, have any? Knicks, huh? might be ahead. Knicks might be ahead of them because the Knicks are good now. Knicks uh, Clippers is an interesting one. I'm, I'll be very curious to see how many, how many national TV games because Clippers have always gotten a bunch. And yeah, I wonder if they're healthy. Exactly. I wonder if the TV, if the TVs are going to be, if the TV channels are going to be like, we're good. The, the, don't need to watch bones Highland. It's okay. Like, I mean, the West is so tough. Cause you got Phoenix will be a big draw. They're going to get mm -hmm. a lot as well. I don't know if they'll get more than Denver, but probably, and they'll get a lot. And then Boston, you have to assume gets a lot. I don't know if there's another team. And Phoenix, by the way, I, I'm not even sure about. But I don't know if there's another team that you could say for sure they're going to get more. Yeah, I don't think Memphis will get more. Memphis gets a lot because everyone likes to root against them. Like they're yeah, Brown's out for 25 games. Yep, yep. Um, and they they've gone in on the Pels. They keep messing up where it's like they go in on the Pels and then Zion's out, and so they don't schedule the Pels, and then the, the Pels are good. And then they're like, well, we need to schedule them. And then Zion's out. Like, it's just, they're always ch kind of chasing it. Me Memphis and New Orleans are the teams they've chased and gotten, burned. you know, burned by. 
Uh, there is one more date, by the way. What is it? Uh, the title rematch. One of them will be in late February, February 29th on leak day. Um, really? Yeah. And so, because Ryan Blackburn was like, they're burying it. And I was trying to tell Ryan, I was like, no, actually, if we pay attention to it, actually, the NBA hides during football season. They literally don't do Thursday games now. Outside of their outside of their marquee like Christmas and opening yeah. night and those, yeah. yeah. But like, they stop doing Thursday night. Like, they don't do inside on Thursday nights during football season anymore. Because they're cowardly and so february 29th is basically the first it's it's in that spot between all-star and when teams start to shut it down in mid-march when they have a lot of nationally televised games it's a thursday game so it'll be the marquee so like that's actually putting them in that slot is more of like all right the nba season is about to get serious here's your title rematch but that was kind of interesting i yeah i that game to me is just not that interesting. Like Miami Denver to me is not a rivalry and the odds of them facing each other again is not that high. I don't think there's bad blood. I just, I think it matters a lot for Miami. I don't think it matters a lot for Denver. Inter uh, interconference games. You have to have some kind of rivalry or rematch possibility. And I just, I don't, I guess if they get Dame, there's always a chance, but we'll see. Um, what are the other games that you're kind of interested to see? Like what are the Philly? I want to see when Philly comes to Denver. Did they put it on Rivalry Night again? I'm a little surprised they didn't do that one on Christmas. That's the one yeah. I would have done on Christmas. Was I would. Yeah, that's done. that's what I want to see. I have a bet with the DNVR guys that I think the NBA will schedule the Nuggets for Yokemas and will bring it up. Like they'll they'll be like, hey, this it's a Friday. They'll bring up Yokemas in some capacity. In fact, yeah, Denver and Dallas are in the same pool. Maybe that's a Denver Dallas on on December fifteenth. I just feel like it's known by enough people and it could be a talking point. So why not? That's nice. That's nice that you think that that's awesome. That's <laughs> your, your optimism in the off season is endearing. Um, All right. If I'm right about this though, you'll hear it from me. If the nuggets play on December 15th on national television, you'll, you, I will bring this up. I mean, I, I think it's entirely possible. They play on December 15th. Is that, so that's a Friday. It's a Friday. So it's a BN ESPN yeah. day. There's like there's like a fifty percent not fifty. There's probably like a what a thirty-five percent chance. Like it's one in Oh, four. listen to everybody yeah. hedge. The chat sees it. Don't let them fool you. Everybody sees it. DNVR guys are gonna do the exact same thing. Um yeah, Yo, I'm, Chris, I'm, baby. I'm, I'm interested to see how many times they face the various opponents. That's always like a big thing for me. Is like I want to know who they get and how many times. Because they're gonna face the Lakers four times. I'll just tell you that. They're gonna face they're gonna they're gonna bleed that matchup for everything that they can get. So it'll be interesting to see who else they face four times. They face Phoenix four times. They face Dallas four times. They face Memphis four times. Those 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 ones I think are always really interesting to see uh, how often you wind up facing. Those the the thing for me that I want to see how balanced is it? If you yeah. remember last year, they were on the road for the first six weeks of the season, like almost exclusively. It was really and then and then they were at home for all of January, and it all evens out. But when you have long stretches like that, I really do think it makes your season more like fragmented where you can say this part, that part, whatever. I just want to see if it's a little bit more balanced this year. I'd see. I, it's weird that you say that. I don't, I don't think it's in their best interest to be balanced. I think that they better. I'm not saying it's, it, oh, so you think it's better than it was the way it was. Yeah. I think it's way better when you, I think last year was perfect for them. They got, when it, when they started slow and we were freaking out, they were like, we're working out the kinks because we're on the road. 
but we're home this for these next two months. We got to eat. They came home, got help, got rested at home, destroyed everyone for two and a half months, and then coasted when the schedule got a little a little hard again when they were on the road. So it was see, like, I would I would rather this year they're on the road for all of January and they're home at other spots, just because that's the coldest month. I don't yeah. want to drive to ball arena. I drive to ball. The yeah, bar, you know, it's yep, same here. Um, yeah, could definitely do with with a nice homestand in March. Let, let them play yeah. heavy getting or even November. Ready. You know, yeah. November it's still warm. Like, let's do early. Yeah. Uh on the other side, we've talked about breakout possibilities, but who are the players that are most likely to regress next season? And there's two starters in particular. I think we got a debate as far as that goes. We'll talk about that on the other side when we return on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Hurricane says Adam's real reason is he's expecting Broncos football in January. That's why he doesn't want want to have to go to the ball arena. Man, man, my I was so optimistic for the Broncos for like a week. That's <laughs> already then, gone. And then the preseason game hurt it. Yeah, not even the preseason game. A preseason game I thought was kind of good. I'd, even before that, but it's all right. You know some, what? Some, some concerns with the offensive line. I think I'll um, I'll rally my optimism again. Why not? The way I always tell people it being pessimistic about a season going into it. It's it's just like what's the point? What are we doing here, guys? Bulls fans seem like the most miserable people on the planet yeah. to me because they're always sad. Like they're just oh, always sad. They're also always right. So unfortunately, <laughs> it's true. Accurate. Um well, you wanted to, to to go be optimistic going into the season. Usually we do optimism Monday, but this is going to be a little bit different. Um I was having this conversation over on Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd asked me who's the most likely regression candidate. And I also like, I had a hard time with it because I was like, well, look, I don't necessarily like Zeke Najee's not going to regress. I don't think that that's possible or likely. I don't, I don't think Christian Brown will, because I think his floor is very high. Like Christian, like Christian did not tap into his potential last season and still had a really good year. Um, If he regresses, that would be pretty, pretty wild. I'm not going to say Yoke is going to regress. He's in his prime. He's the best player in basketball. Uh, we've talked about Jamal Murray and MPJ and the reasons why both those guys can have breakout seasons. So that leaves us with two options. If we're going to talk about a potential regression candidate and that's Contavious Caldwell Pope and Aaron Gordon. Uh, I think KCP is the easy choice here. It's what I said. And if you got he's the choose, oldest, yeah, he's, he's the oldest shot the absolute leather off the ball for the first four months of the season last year. He was shooting like 45% from three, 47% from three. Um, a lot of the reason why it was his best shooting year ever, by the way, from three, a lot of the metrics kind of suggested that Denver wasn't as good as their record. And that's messy because of the beginning of the season and the end. And we, we know that because of, you know, I don't know if you know this, but they won the championship. Um, but I do think that that shooting wise, they were in an incredible rhythm because of their play style, their connection, their focus, their intensity. I I don't know that all those elements will be there this year. And you have the changes in the bench unit. So that all kind of leads me to the possibility that KCP might not shoot as well, might be a little bit more banged up, might struggle a little bit more this season coming off of the championship run. I mean, of course I could see it. I, the one thing I'll say about KCP that's interesting is I, I I noticed this last year. This back half of his career, the last four years, he has by far had his best shooting years. In the first four years, he was around 
33%, 34%, somewhere around there. And the last few, it's been 40 with the last year, 42.3 being his highest. I just think sometimes guys get better at shooting. I, I mean, think yeah. about how much of an emphasis shooting has been on the NBA in the, since he entered. I mean, he entered the NBA in 2013, 14. That's the Steph Curry year. So he came in before Steph Curry had changed everybody's mind about how much we should be jacking up threes. So he's really added, even though he was a three-point shooter, he's really added it to his game. And so, and then on top of that, who did he play with his first four years? Detroit. Who did he play with the next four years? The Lakers and LeBron James. And then, of course, with Jokic. So I don't know. Part of me looks at it and goes 42% was his best ever. But I don't know if I actually count on that number to go down too much. I still think he's a 40% three-point shooter this year. How how much do you – if I told you – if I set the line at 40% on same volume, would you take the over or under? Over. So he's only done it twice in his career, in 21 and in 23. I he was with that, Washington last year, 39%. Yeah, I just think I just think 40% is the floor with where he fits in this team and the looks that he gets. It's a good, good take. Um, I actually, I spoke with him back in 2015 and I'm looking, I'll just look this up over at CBS, it, you know, for him, a lot of it has been the system that he plays in because he really struggled his rookie season. I forget who was a coach for him in Detroit. Then, um, he shot 31.9% from as a rookie from three. And it was like, his shot mechanics were the thing that was raved about, right? is that like, this guy is going to be a great shooter. And he, he has been, he's been a great shooter in his career, but he talked to me a lot about, about how Stan Van Gundy, when SVG took over as coach, that actually helped him a lot because SVG focused on confidence and spacing. Really? And like those elements helped a lot. And he was like, you want to get like, he liked to play in, in, in systems where you're moving a lot more. Like, I don't think KCP would shoot well in a James Harden, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook system. Like an right. ISO, go spot up in the corner and don't I move. mean, that's kind of what he was with LeBron. Right. And he, um, shot, he shot well. He, he did shoot well there, and, and that's true. But I think that maybe this is like, this like optimizes what he's capable of doing. Yeah. I also wonder, Matt, so he's going to be his age 30 season next year. I am curious he's getting older. I don't think he's quite over the hill yet. I mean, when do you think a shooting guard is on the downslope of their prime? Is it like 31? I feel like this is the last year where you can kind of expect him to be at the same level ish. I don't know what to do with ages. Like I'm doing, my, I'm doing my top 100 right now. They're all like, five. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know like when to expect the drop on some of these guys. Right. Uh-huh. Like, do you realize the staff's going to be 36 next, next like, I know it's, it's really, we, I'm, I trust me. I've been thinking a lot about the same thing where I'm like, I don't know when guys start to regress anymore, but role players, I think third, I think this next year you should expect him to be as good as last year from a physical standpoint. Like I think those things are the same. I do wonder how much does an extra year with Jokic help him in that regard? Like this team has some more chemistry. Does that mean better shots? Does he expand his game a little bit? I don't know. But here's the crazy thing, Matt, that I think and why I would go with him over Aaron Gordon to regress next year. He was third on the team last year in minutes yeah, uh, per game. 31.3. It was Jokic, then Murray, then him. Ahead of Aaron Gordon by over a full minute per game. Played a lot of minutes overall. I think he was number one. Was he? Yeah, he was number one in total minutes on the team. I just don't think that'll happen this year. 
And I think that Christian Brown is in line for a bump up in minutes. I just, I kind of feel like he might go from 31 to 30. Yeah. With Aaron, I don't necessarily like look at Aaron's season and he was almost an all-star. Like he was in consideration for it and he was bummed that he didn't get it. But like, I don't know where does Aaron like regress? Like, I don't, he's not going to get worse defensively. He's still only 28. Like he's still going to be, he's still in his prime there. He's still going to be great in that regard. Maybe he plays with a little less intensity, but I don't know. They're going to need it enough nights and he's a pro enough. Like, and I think Aaron's going to give that kind of effort. I don't expect Aaron to slack off at all. Like I just don't. Um, he knows how to play with Jokic. Obviously he's still going to find all those lobs. He's still going to find those things. His three pointer was great to start the season, then tailed off and he made some big shots in the, in the, in the playoffs. Um, so that's like always going to be kind of an up and down thing. I don't know. I think AG's the, the only he's more likely to regress than MPJ just because MPJ has so much potential because of his shooting capability. But like I don't know what a what an the reason I I kind of slide Aaron into this conversation is just because I'm like, I don't know, I don't know where on the nuggets Aaron would get better. Like I'm ready for a hot take, Matt. All right. I kind of think Aaron Gordon's gonna have an awesome awesome year. Okay. I I think we're all counting on Michael Porter just to go in and make this big leap, and he's certainly capable of it. I kind of wonder if what Aaron Gordon does is easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it like he already does it, and it's just a matter of intensity and this or that. And he's out in Sambor and hanging with his buddy Yoke, and he's coming back. Everybody's going to have a different approach to next year on the Nuggets. I kind of think AG is going to have two things going for him. One, confidence. He's one of the – like Michael Porter never struggles with confidence. I don't think Yoke or Murray really ever struggle with confidence. I'm not saying Aaron Gordon struggles with confidence, but I do think he's the one guy that will get an extra confidence boost yeah. from where we just won a title. I got all these accolades, this or that. I wouldn't be surprised. Last year was his second best three-point shooting year of his career at 34.7. I wouldn't be surprised if he got that up to like 36, 30, like just a little bit better than it was before. So I think that this is an easy call that it'll be KCP more likely to regress for both the minutes, the age, the role. I don't know that there's a ton of expansion for him. But with Aaron Gordon, I just wouldn't be surprised if he is even more dominant in the exact way we already seen, but just a little bit more. I think Aaron's got a lot of room in passing. He showed a lot last year, and I think that the minutes played at five and just his understanding of the system and playing next to Yoke, like he's talked about that. Like it's made him a better passer. And so – like there is a capability of him being able to develop into something more, maybe refine those the kind of things and take a bigger role, be a little bit, not, not necessarily Draymond because Draymond is exceptional in terms of his passing ability, but Aaron's a better scorer to be perfectly honest, but like a little bit more of that role sometimes when Yoke's not on the floor. Like, I wonder if there's a, if there's an op- option for Aaron to take over a little bit more in terms of playmaking when Yoke's not on the floor, I worry about him playing center a lot when Yoke's not on the floor just from wearing down. But I do think there's an opportunity for him to kind of take on that role. I don't think he'll do the center thing. I honestly, I mean, maybe they'll do it in a pinch here or there to win a game, but not much. I I think I'm with you on that, that I think you save that for the playoffs the same way you did this year. But here's the thing. I know these stats aren't perfect. PER. Aaron Gordon, first year in Denver, 14.1. Second year, 15.3. Last year, 19.5. That's good. Win shares per 44, 0.99. 1.05, 1.58, 1.05, 1.58, or 0.158. Like his advanced stats have gotten better every year. 
I honestly think he gets better at fitting into what is needed every year, kind of understanding his role. And I don't think that ends now. I don't think it has a steep of a, of a curve. It probably does plateau a little bit. But I just think Aaron Gordon knows right now better than ever how he fits onto this team and what he's supposed to do and where his shots come from and how to knock him down, gets a confidence boost. I just wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Gordon is um, – it gets weird to say breakout year. He's not going to have a breakout year. But just has the best year of his career, yeah. a career year next year. A prime year. Um, yeah. yeah what, what's his age here real quick? Let me make sure I get this right. He's 28. This will be his age 28 season, which is, I would say, t- about your smack dab of your prime athletically. It's where the athletic prime and, like, mental primes kind of intersect. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, my go-to catch-all metric these days is EPM, estimated plus minus. Uh, AG was 26 league wide last season in that category. Really? Wow. Yeah. He was, his EPM, it shows off, uh, with what he's able to do. Uh, yeah. So he regressed last year from free throw. That's one area where he was bad at 60.8%. That's down from 70, his first year, 74.3, his second year with Denver. So that was a big drop down. It's wild to think. I mean, it does add up to some to points. Um, all right. Let's go wrap it up for Lockdown Nuggets for a Monday. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Adam will be back with you on Wednesday. He'll talk about the first part of the schedule that will be released on Tuesday, the playing tournament schedule for Denver. Uh, you can catch that show here. Make sure to tune in on Friday. I'll get you the rest of the schedule that's released on Thursday. And then Adam and I will circle back up for World's Finest next Sunday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.